All right, so welcome to Noster News. Noster News, the first one since Nostrica. Back at it. So we're Back here in San Francisco. It. That's right. As we normally are. Yep. And we were off a week because we were you know, traveling off to Costa Rica. And not really off. I mean, we put out multiple videos, right? <laughs> so I would say, if anything, we were super on for We weren't slouching. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But we did get to actually meet people in person, which was so fun. It was so much fun. And we got to be roomies for a week. Yes, we did. That was too. fun. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. Thanks for, you You found like the perfect place. It had a pool. We got to go swimming a little bit. Oh, yeah. Had people over and podcasted from the place. So. Super close to that, you know, a week center. It was great. The, yeah. whole, the whole thing, like, honestly, you know, there's a lot. I'm sure we got to catch up on that. but. Yeah. High level, this was the single best event I've ever been to, like like conference, on oh, conference, by far. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think it, it really fits the vibe of the kind of things I like to do, which yeah. is I don't love the big conference hall with, you know, the booths and the no. blah, blah, blah. I love it when it's like the first one and it's just the people coming together. That's totally. what really gets me going. Yeah, just the people and like obviously you're set in the middle of a jungle. There's like very little formal programming, just enough that, you know, you can yep. like learn some stuff, but mostly just, yeah, I mean, people hanging out, you know, at the beach or in the jungle yep. and like very casual environment. Like the sunsets were just amazing. Right? When you were on the beach, like one of the most, so just a moment to like praise Costa Rica as well. Like, oh, yeah. oh my God, like. What a spot. On the beach, you would turn around, and I've never seen so much greenery, just jungle on the beach. Yep, yep. Like, where it met the beach, wild. And the beach must have been, I mean, it's hundreds of meters depth between the jungle and the water. Yeah. And we were just, like, hanging out there and meeting people and, yeah. you know, having was, beers. and It was an incredible event. Yeah. All around. Loved and it. also extremely productive. Like, I feel like we produced multiple videos. I met a ton of really interesting yep. people, hopefully many of whom we ended up getting to work with. Like, totally. It, it was just a great, you know. Yeah, yeah. Can't say enough. No streaka. <laughs> Keep no streaka weird. Let's do it again next year. <laughs> Let's do it again in October, right? Yeah, hell Is yeah. Is that what's happening? Well, I saw this, like, some rumblings that that's going to happen. So, I mean, yeah, I've only seen a couple of rumblings as well, but a couple of things that I've noticed that are really interesting. One is it appears there's a lot of Asian users, mm -hmm. right, which is great. We didn't get to meet as many, obviously, at this conference. It's pretty difficult to arrive. But I noticed, like, when we got back from the conference, Jack was saying like, Hey, zap anyone who is uh, Japanese mm -hmm. or like a Japanese user. And then there was a huge threat of Japanese people. Right. Then interestingly enough, uh, actually, I don't know if you know this, my girlfriend, she used to work at Twitter back in the day. Oh, I didn't know. And yeah. We were talking about how like Japan was always like, yep. you know, the most used or one of the most, if not the most sort of used country there. So that actually makes a lot of sense. And so then I started seeing a lot of people in the threads talking about the next conference should be in Asia. Yep. And then Jack kind of gave the the tip saying, hey, either Hong Kong or Tokyo in November. Right. I, I would be down with either, but Tokyo just sounds dope as hell. But like, we but it needs to have a good Noster pun tie-in with the name, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. Like we can't – I mean, <laughs> the only reason it worked was because Nostra Rica is just like a brilliant portmanteau kind of collab. Exactly. It could be like <laughs> – Noskia or something? I don't know. And, and I misspoke. Japanostra. Japanostra, I like that. Uh, Noskong, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but but I, I think, yeah, you're right. October, not November. So, I mean, I, I just am saying right now, either of those places, I'm in. I would yeah. love to make a trip to, you know, somewhere in Asia. I'd love to meet, you know, users of Nostra in Asia. Like, right. I hope that happens. I suggested Bhutanostra. Bhutanostra? <laughs> I've never been to Bhutan. Me neither. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> Nostrindia? I don't know. <laughs> Which one is that? I don't know. India? Like, oh, I get it. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, somewhere in Asia would be just, yeah, total mindfuck. I'd love to do it. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like fun. So, um, and what happens, like, when we do that, is it going to be... Like, is it going to be like twice as many people gathering or what do you think it feels like at that point? Well, that's a really interesting question because you have, you have a couple of different variables, right? Like in this one, A, it was very new. This was only put together in the last couple of months. So yeah. it was difficult for people to get their plans together. 
B, this was very Western focused, right? Mm-hmm. So it was easy for U.S. people, Latin American people. The Europeans came, but it was kind of a far track. If we go in Asia, I think the really dedicated people from the States and Europe will still come, but yep. probably fewer. But you also now have all the Asian users. Yep. And you know, potentially, I mean, Asia is a much bigger region, a lot more populous. Yep. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot more people. Yep, yep. That sounds like fun. I would, uh, I would hope we, we get that all together. The, the real question is, okay, so let's say we're somewhere in the order of like somewhere between 100 and 400K active users, something like that, depending on how you, how you measure it. Um, how many do you think we're at in October for Nostra Asia? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I guess, yeah, it depends on how you measure it all and stuff, but I've got to imagine it's a 5 to 10X over where we are. I think so, Kind of feels about right. Yeah. Right? Like it's, it's got to be more than double. Uh, well, I guess it depends. It depends on like what kind of, like we always say, these exogenous events that just bring in a lot of people. Yeah. I think it depends on like how many or which of those happen. You know, if there's some huge other, you know, crisis in social media <laughs> or crisis in the world that draws people's attention to the types of things that the censorship resistance properties of Noster serve, well, you know, maybe it accelerates it faster. Or if we just kind of keep, you know, bumping along as we are. Maybe it's it's slower than that, but I, I do think like with all the new innovation, new clients, new just ideas, like non Twitter clone ideas that are being developed, I think it's gonna probably create more of those types of events that bring a lot of interest on in, in various ways. I, I agree. I think it's at least a ten X. I think that you have all of the new things that are being built and each one of those brings new users with it. But like you said, you can't plan for this sort of exogenous events, but like we know Elon, I forgot what he's doing. He's doing something new with Twitter. Someone was telling me about today in the next couple of weeks. I don't know what he's playing, but whatever that dude plans something, some people will surely get pissed <laughs> off and come over to Nostra. So I, I think going from one to 400 K to like one to 4 mil users seems reasonable. Right. So you, so your sort of prediction, I just want to make sure I got it out there. Your prediction is like one to 4 million by October. Is that kind of what you're... Let's say at least a million users, yeah. real users, by October. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Nice. I, I, I think it's very within the realm of possibility. I hope Let's you're see. right. Yeah, I hope so too. I, I hope it's 10 million. Right? <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you have anything that concerns you about maybe some of the... You know, I think sometimes when there's big new waves of people come on and learn about it, you know, some people figure out how to engage in a productive way and then some yeah. people just, you know, discover it and they start spamming or something. Do you... Do you worry that, like, maybe, I don't know, relays will melt down or not have the right infrastructure, but we don't have the business model for relays figured out yet? Is it sort of too early for that kind of scale? Well, I think that kind of scale is going to force relay operators to figure out their models real quick, right? right. Like, there's no, there's <laughs> nothing like, you know, like baptism by fire to like solve problems, right? So, I mean, that's a great problem to have and like smart people will figure it out. I, I think, you know, the fact that, you know, really think about it. It's just been since mid-December that things really started taking off. Yeah. And then it was just hobbyist relays. So now we're mid-March, right? So we're three-ish months later. Yeah. And we've already got multiple paid relays, yep. relays with filters of various kinds mm-hmm. um, and proxies. We've already got the first subscription relay. Yep. That's three months out. So if you give me another six months, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. People are going to have like, and by the way, Ellen Bits, right? With their relay extension, they already allow you, I think, to charge sats per megabyte. Mm-hmm. So I think with a high degree of confidence, there will be some um, relays that are able to scale and charge for that. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Cool. So, yeah. So fun. Uh, what else? What else? Kind of. What, what else was in mind from the conference? Like what? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like replaying some of the steps. Like yeah. I'm thinking about. Um, you know, we got breakfast that first day at that place right yep. over by Whale Tail, and um, 
and I, I think it was like my first like real world like you know serious transaction with lightning. That's right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd we got a video of it too. Yeah, yeah, we got a video of it. That was fun. Well, I've never actually. Yeah, I mean, I always mess around with these wallets, but I've never really like had something to do where I could do it and it worked. It was the easy. proverbial you bought coffee. Too. I know. <laughs> I did. It was almost like a joke, but um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, what, what was that experience like for you? Like, I don't know. Did any like light bulbs go off or angels sing? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know. I think it's like a fun use case, but the stuff that has really, it's really piqued my interest is all of how like the machine to machine, person to machine, relay operator thing, all the little like tiny little payments that are useful for proxying these relationships that don't have so much kind of continuity to them. Mm. And so, um, so that was fun because it's like real world and I'm standing there in front of, you know, she shows me the thing and I do it, uh, which was like fun. And it felt like a replacement for what we already do. But the stuff that I'm excited about is the stuff that like I've been doing now with relays and and you know zapping people, which like there's no real equivalent in the world. That totally. that feels like the frontier for me. So this felt like a cute little, you know, almost like a toy that was a fun way to sort of play with it mm-hmm. in a way that I hadn't done before. That so it was exciting for me. Um, but I think I think I'm like still a bit more on the like let's call it like team pure digital yeah. <laughs> uh, versus kind of the coffee use cases. Um, but, but, but I love that people are pushing that forward and that there's like, you know, lots of people trying to make those experiences work too. Cause I think ultimately we'd like it all to work. Totally. And I'm a hundred percent agreement with you. I think the relay stuff, machine to machine payments, IOT, all of that's going to be much bigger for mm-hmm. sure. All the new use cases, that's what's going to grow us, you know, many orders of magnitude and pure digital things, digital goods, et cetera. Having said that, I think two light bulbs went off for me. And I, I have had the you know opportunity to buy coffee and food and hotels yeah. and drives in El Salvador before. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, I've had a couple of those experiences. But I think what was cool for me is um one, remembering that like, you know, technology takes a little time to sort of mature, right? Yep. So, you know, back in I don't know, the early 2010s, everyone would talk about, oh, you'll never be able to buy a Bitcoin with coffee. Right. And it's like, well, just give it a second to scale, right? right? So it's like almost any time, unless there's like some fundamental reason a thing won't work, it's like once you have this sound base, mm-hmm. like just give it some time, yep. we will figure out solutions to those problems. And I feel the same way about Nostra. Like, we don't have private group chats yet. It's like, dude, we're a few months, like, give it some time. Right. Just like with the, the coffee buying use case, in a couple of years, we'll have it. So that's number one. Um, number two, I think it's really interesting, even though the purely digital stuff is, you know, going to be bigger, I do find it very interesting that, you know, some of these communities, and I think Costa Rica is more interesting than El Salvador because El Salvador, other than Bitcoin beach was very kind of top down imposed, which I, you know, I'm glad it's there, but it's not the, the best way to do it. Sort of bottoms up people getting curious, kind of like starting to play with it, then realizing, oh wait, this is like a better money. This is kind yeah, of interesting. Yeah. That's better. And so what I, what I'm hopeful to see is in places like Costa Rica, you know, where people are not forced to use it, but they, they experiment with lightning. Like, Oh my God, this is awesome. And like, you know, Hey, over time, maybe, you know, Bitcoin goes up cause it's a better money. Similarly with Nostra, right? Like I started, you know, talking with some of the various, you know, coffee bar yeah. uh, baristas and stuff like that. And they were all interested in like, Oh, I want to get on Nostra. Right. And so to me, it's going to be how crazy and cool would it be if, you know, this century is like the century of Latin America, right? Like roles, I don't want to say reverse. I think the U S hopefully does very well as well. Uh, although things are kind of crazy mm-hmm. right now, but how cool would it be if places like Costa Rica become the biggest adopters of Bitcoin lightning of Noster right. or Noster. And as a result of that, you know, maybe these are some of the most prosperous countries for the, you know, the, the, the late um, 21st century. Yeah. Yeah. Actually what you're mentioning reminds me of uh, another relevant point. That's a takeaway for me, which is I, you know, 
I've, I've, you know, grew up here in the U.S. and sort of spent, I've traveled around plenty, but I haven't spent a lot of time where I'm the, you know, definite minority from a kind of <laughs> nationalistic place. Whereas I felt like in Costa Rica and at, even at Costa Rica, um, I don't know what was maybe 10% U.S. people and otherwise everybody's from somewhere else, which was, that's cool. It's kind of cool. And like, I guess I'd never had the intersection of that experience with like a tech focus thing. Yeah. It feels like the tech focus thing, at least I haven't, I don't go to a lot of conferences and stuff, so I haven't probably seen that, but all my travel has been non-tech focused travel, yeah. I'd say, you know, rounding to you know zero tech focused travel. So that was like a fun thing to be like with all these this tech thinking, but with a very non-American perspective. Totally. And it's a good reminder that Bitcoin is the currency of the yeah. internet. Lightning is the payment network of the internet. Noster is going to be, I think, the new web. And so because it's internet native, you know, obviously the US will play a big role in it, but like no, no country is going to have a majority, which I love. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Kind of keeps everything more level the playing field. Keep everybody kind of on the same on the same footing. Yeah, it's a, cool. A good thing. Um, and then I felt like we just there were these people that we met and got to just you know sit around on a bench and you're bumping into these people you know people that I'd like made videos with before and finally got to meet in person and people that I had interacted with on Nostra but had never actually met and you know didn't you know we didn't really know each other and then we came away from that actually knowing each other which was like a fun a fun kind of change for me. What were some of those conversations that left a, a particularly big impression on you, whether they were jams or just talking to people? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, geez, it's hard to, hard to pick just so one. Many, uh, I mean, it was fun. Like one thing is I was hanging around with, uh, with Anton mm-hmm. who, you know, Anton and Kamari, uh, you know, Ricardo work on, um, Nostream. Mm-hmm. And so we had done, we'd made a video together, you know, maybe a few months ago. And, uh, and, you know, he just sort of like, he happened to sit down across the way and we're just like hanging out and chatting. And I think he connected me to like his, I think he was with his cousin and we were all hanging together and we we're talking just, you know, about not, not all just like Nostream and Nostr stuff, but also, you know, his experience in Bitcoin and his educational process with other people around that stuff. So, um, it's just fun to, to see somebody in person that I'd, you know, already been having like this online kind of relationship with but finally got to to meet him there um and then people like uh like g sovereignty right so i yeah. listened to his podcast before but didn't know him like i don't even think we'd much interacted on nostra before and then we actually got to hang out with him and pablo at our place and making the podcast video oh that was just so much fun you know yeah, totally yeah th- those guys for sure i mean uh, pablo obviously is, is one guy that really stands out oh, for yeah. me. just like i think totally. we're both just yeah. like yeah. wildly impressed with his rate of shipping all of his experiments g sovereignty certainly has some of the wilder more out there ideas yeah. but they're really good yeah um i also you know i was in telling you maybe we'll talk more about some of his ideas today i was very impressed with rabble mm-hmm. um who yep. was early at Twitter and has seen a lot of different protocols. Yeah. And I love just seeing there. My favorite thing about him was that he came with a radically different perspective than all the yeah, Bitcoiners. Yeah. I love that Nostra is Bitcoin lightning focused, but like to his point, if this thing is going to reach 8 billion people, like not everyone's going to buy in the Bitcoin ideology. Yeah. And that's totally fine. Like if all they care about are we want micropayments in our app that work, don't care how it happens. Great. Yep. If it's Visa, great. If it's whatever, great. Yep. And so I love that, you know, his ethos was much more of a solar punk ethos. Yeah, right? He's yeah. got like the purple hair and coming from scuttlebutt, which is, you know, definitely much more solar punk vibe. And I think that's awesome. Like I, I love to see the next wave of adopters. And if we want to get to the million users, you know, by October or, you know, a hundred million users yeah. by next year, um, then we need to be 
opening the doors to a lot more communities. And so I think that's the thing I'm most excited about is seeing what happens when, you know, we have Bitcoin lightning integrated with a lot of these apps, but that's, it's not a big deal. It's just there. And then we go into the next waves of users. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I think it's good. I mean, there's obvious reasons that people who are into Bitcoin are also into Nostra, like mm-hmm. has a very like kind of foundational technological similarity in a way. Um, but I like, I would agree with your point. I like that, you know, Rabble doesn't really care that much about yeah. Bitcoin. I, maybe it's like somewhere between agnostic or I think he worked on an ETH-focused company. And I, know, I think he's come to the conclusion he call, started calling their sub-shit coins. I think he realizes, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, Bitcoin's probably a goodish money, mm-hmm. but I don't think he really cares. Yeah, he's which I think like, is We want micropayments, you know? Yeah, it's great. Then focus on, like, new products, new experiences, like, what can be built on this, independent of some of the, like, you know, more hardcore ideologies, uh, which, you know, frankly, I mostly subscribe to, but I, <laughs> I like to see, you know, people who don't necessarily buy into that, but who still find it valuable to develop in this way. Totally. He did make one point, which, um, you know, I, I'm curious your perspective on this. You know, his argument was that um, he thinks we could have gotten where we are so far with Nostra, just even if it were all open without the payments. Yeah. I'm not sure on that. I mean, I, I think I think maybe we would have gotten a lot of the first wave. I do think that zaps are the first novel experience in Nostr. Yeah. Other than the fact that it's censorship resistant or whatever, and people can just like, you can actually, that's not true. You can port your keys between different clients. That is a mm-hmm. novel experience. So I think that and zaps are the two novel experiences, but I, I wouldn't underestimate how interesting and exciting it is to be able to like send a micropayment online. Right. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I, I love the micropayments and getting zaps and I, I like <laughs> to give them a lot. And I always tell if anybody ever, just, you know, watches the YouTube videos, and then they send me zaps. I'm just like, pay it forward. Don't don't send it back to me. Send yeah. it on to somebody else. Show them how it works. Yeah. So I I really love the fact that people, you know, and there's problems. It's custodial and blah blah. Like, yeah. but like the core experience, you can like squint and see the future. Totally. That's 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 what I get really excited about with zaps. Um, but but I have like a lot of, let's say, kind of you know traditional tech normie type people, not super, you know, even people who are like subscribe to the interestingness of cryptocurrencies, but maybe are a little less determined about how they think about what matters there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, let's call it like normie tech or something, right? <laughs> not not like crypto related stuff. But I, but a lot of them are like, oh, okay, I tried Noster and I don't really know like what I'm doing here or why I'm here. So I, I feel like there's something about it that like for, you know, I've been looking for something like this for a long, long time. Yeah. And so Same. when I saw it, I was like, oh, okay, great. Whereas I think people who are a little, I think there's a lot of people who are like agnostic to the idea of censorship resistance as important. Right. And which, which actually, and we've, we've been digesting this. Um, I forget if this was a group chat. Was this a group chat that you were in? Probably. I forget, <laughs> I forget exactly where this happened. But um, I think censorship resistance is an important feature. Let's say it's an important feature of Bitcoin, but it may not be the reason that a lot of people come to Bitcoin. Maybe the people come to Bitcoin because they value the you know supply cap. But you can't really have that supply cap without without censorship resistance. So it's like you don't value the censorship resistance per se. You you sort of value what censorship resistance enables. Totally. And you know personally, I think it's you know I don't I haven't experienced being financially censored in the existing system. I have experienced you know inflation yeah right and the in the detrimental effects of that and so i think it's 
easy for me to see that. And then I look at Nostra and I'm like, well, I've actually never been censored from a social network. So I'm not saying, oh, I need this because I've been censored because like Elon Musk is kicking me off Twitter. That's not what I'm excited about. And so I think a lot of people hear, oh, it's censorship resistance, it's decentralized. What does it matter? Like it doesn't affect me. The thing that I'm excited about is not the fact that it's censorship resistance, but once it's censorship resistant, then all of the innovation that that enables. Show up, build a little thing, little hack project, it gets some more momentum, other people want to do it. It's what it enables, it's not like the thing itself. And then the thing itself is actually also useful and valuable. So when people are trying to escape some you know, repression on a social network, there's places to go now, right? right. So it's, it's like also good for that. But I feel like too much of the narrative leads with that, whereas it's sort of just like an enabling foundation. Totally. And the censorship resistance, I think that just means you need to do a few more G sovereignty podcasts. Shout out to our man. Is. Lots of love. <laughs> He'll understand why. Um, but I, <laughs> I, I, I do feel like, though. He made me edit all that, you know. Thank God. Uh, yeah. it, was, it was provocative, let's say. Um, but uh, but I, I do feel like for some of those normie people, like, yeah, I think the thing that they maybe haven't fully grasped yet, forget the censorship resistance. I'm with you hundred percent on that. To me, it's also like open APIs. You can build or not even, even mm-hmm. APIs, just open system. You can build whatever you want. Yeah. Better user experiences. We've talked about this. Amazing. I think what's going to blow a lot of their minds. It's already mind blowing to me that you can create an account in Domus, take your app private key out, lo- put it in your Albi, log yeah. into their client. Amazing. But I think what's going to blow their mind even more is once we get past the Twitter use case. So let's say, you know, the peer to peer Bitcoin ends up blowing up yet next or whatever the next app is like I, we were, you know, we we're preparing for Nostra news. You had some links to a Nostra reader app, a reader only yep. app, or when someone creates the first, you know, local business network that also plugs into Nostra and it's like a Slack client. And when you can just say, Oh, export your key from Domus, your identity, mm-hmm. and just load it into your workplace, your Slack. And Oh, by the way, you're the same in all of them. And Oh, by the way, if you're, you know, nerdy yourself, you want to build your own little custom dashboard where you can have all of that come into one place or someone else builds it for you and use that. And you get your Slack messages in one place and your Twitter yep. DMs in one place. And then eventually your encrypted group chat and it's all the same identity. Yep. That's when I think they're going to have their magic moment. Yeah. It, it reminds me actually too of what you're describing here. It reminds me of something that I, th- I think Rabble mentioned in his talk, which was how I think Twitter had some sort of a plugin or API where they were able to listen, you know, crawl or listen to, or you could publish music events to oh, yeah, Twitter, that's right. yeah. but it wouldn't publish them into your main feed. It kind of pushed them into a JSON or something that could then be recovered. But it kind of points to this thing that like our, our models of feeds today are kind of very one dimensional in a sense. It's mm-hmm. like, here's everything that DK had to say. Like it's every, every utterance on the internet. And like, if I go comment on a blog our kind of mental model is that those all just also get dumped in as notes in the feed that everybody gets to or has to look at. (laughs) And, and when you start to think about like, what if you had like my, you know, uh, a Spotify title, you know, whatever YouTube playlist that I was okay publishing moments out, but a lot of people might not care about my music taste and they could kind of filter that and consume a different subset of my feed than just kind of everything or nothing. Right. And we, that's like everything or nothing idea is sort of a centralized idea. Mm-hmm. Whereas the more like fine tune, you know, show me the music events from this person, show me, you know, news or outbound links from this person, show me all the conversations from this person or other types of tags or structure that people might choose to add based on the client. Like, oh, if I'm put, pushing something into a Slack that you're also in, you know, Slack like experience right. that you're also in, maybe those messages 
you can view in a client in a certain way, but they don't have to necessarily hit like the main feed that people would see in like Domus if they follow, right? Totally. And, and I think, you know, as I think about kind of mental models for this, um, I was talking to, to one guy at Nostrica and he basically, he said it in a way that was kind of very like old school, like enterprise software-y, but it really stuck with me. He was like, all Nostra is is like a brand new open data lake. Mm-hmm. And I would take that even one one step further and say it's one giant, forget late, ocean. It's mm-hmm. a new ocean of, of data. And I think, again, we're kind of replacing, the more I think about it, both replacing SMTP and HTTP, like we're literally building the new publishing and reading layer for all the internet, right? right? And so you've got this new ocean of data. And within that ocean of data, when you publish it, you can either put it just into the ocean for anyone to do whatever the hell they want with, or you can have permissioned pieces of the data in like little separate tributaries or lakes or whatever yeah. that come off of the ocean. And then once you have this giant, I don't know, water ecosystem with different permissions, then anyone can come and build anything they want of it. And it got me thinking, you know, I'm just kind of doing this live. Your first article you published on this, you talked about how, you know, if we think about how and why we're rebuilding the internet, you had a great point. I forgot what you said, but like why we got here. In web 1.0, you could read anything, right. but the problem yeah. was it was hard to publish. What was your, your point around yeah, that? Yeah, so, so I was kind of comparing, a lot of people hear about the idea of Noster and they relate it to like, oh, didn't we have RSS? Didn't that kind of work? Right. And the point, and you know, RSS was a technology, I think it was first proposed in like 1999. Yeah. So like we've had a long time with this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you, if you think about a very, you know, 50,000 foot view, this is just RSS, but actually the details matter. Right, right. <laughs> and this is nothing like RSS. RSS is a great reading technology, but it's not a good participation technology. Mm-hmm. And so if you publish something and I subscribe to you, I can read everything from you, right. but it's not two-way. I can't be like, actually, Max, that's an interesting point. Here's what I have to say about that. Because right. to do that in an RSS world, I both have to like create a new blog, create a new RSS feed, convince you to look at my RSS feed somehow, which you're not normally going to be tuned in to do. So how do I even connect you and make sure that's obvious, right? And, and, and I mean, I think that's a great point. And I remember we talked a little bit about why that didn't work with podcasting. Mm-hmm. It, it did work better because that was, you know, you're not like necessarily responding. There's no reply, right, in podcasts. Exactly. Yeah. But but why is it that the internet wasn't built this way the first time around? Was it strictly like a... Um, like a technological or hardware limit, like it just it was difficult to be able to to write back as well. Or no, it's it's not a tech it's not a technical problem. It's all hell. It's entirely like a human behavioral tools problem. So, so why do you why don't you think something like Nostra emerged originally? Well, so you think about like sort of the history of the internet, right? And like yeah. Tim Berners Lee making the web. A lot of that is like even just having like a browser to consume from these servers and a server that can publish. That was kind of like the initial breakthrough of the web. Right. Like a bunch of servers to serve the content, a bunch of browsers to consume the content. Right. But browsers did not create servers. They weren't mm. they wouldn't like write to servers. That was not part of the initial web architecture. And kind of blogging tried to Well, that's what I was saying cuz blogging was sort of that. Yeah. But then they're at these specific points, like my blog lives at such yeah. and such live journal or Zanga or whatever, you know. And do you think that's just because in those days, yeah, the use case was merely to be able to like, okay, like we're used to consuming from the television or radio, like one to many and yeah. no one's, it just wasn't socially. It was like a major deal that people could have a voice. Yeah. That was just not a thing before the internet, really. Yeah. It was like, if you're on the radio or you're on TV, you have a voice or, you know, you're right for the New York Times. But the idea that like some random person could just say what they wanted and it could be seen by a million people, that was just not a thing. So you think that 
I mean, and I'm sure the technology has evolved, right? To make it a lot easier so you yeah. can upload things faster. Because even back in those days, right? Like download speeds and upload speeds. I'm sure upload speeds were not that fast. Yeah. Like in 98 That's mostly something. text, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> fair enough. But but even then, even with mostly text, I mean, I remember that. Nice, good, impression. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but um, I guess, I guess you're right. A lot of that was like social norms. Like once people had the experiences with things like Twitter, it's like now we expect it. Right. And now we're going back and re. So in that era, redoing. it was like the website right. was like the hub of connection. Right. And there wasn't the idea of reading and writing from a website yeah, just in reading. the 90s. It was mostly just reading. Right. And RSS kind of developed to make it easy to syndicate all of the reading. But then there wasn't a way to like now create a new website on my behalf real time while I decide to reply to you. Totally. Well, so. and the reason I'm asking all this is, or, you know, kind of jamming on this now is because if you think about it, the internet itself, like HTTP, um, that itself is again, like a, a data big lake yeah. and the browser yeah. is just like a way to like <laughs> get around the lake. And yeah. then Google is the way to find the information to put in the browser around the lake. And so it's interesting now, as we think about, you know, we're going to have lots of micro apps, but as Christopher David pointed out, and that was also a very fun conversation, <laughs> right. had, you know, uh, most people are not going to want to have a million different micro apps and maybe some do, but a lot of people are still going to want kind of like their daily driver feed of some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting for me to think about, is there going to be a new dominant browser type experience? Are they going to be just radically different? Some people are going to have, you know, the super apps, like he's talking about working on. Some people are going to have old school type browsers. Some people are, whatever it is, whatever that new dominant form factor is if there is a dominant form factor maybe it's just a whole bunch but now unlike that first time when you had mosaic and stuff and it was just about consumption the new dominant form factor needs to have chat the idea of like two-way bi-directional or two-way maybe multi-directional chat built in from from the core yeah i mean i I think we'll get there because we've been through this era like centralized systems actually figure things out faster Mm -hmm. in certain things right like it's hard to build a fully open, like the coordination problems are really hard to build RSS as read, write, participate, like in 1999. Right. Whereas if you like wait a little bit and like blogging happens and then, you know, social media tools happen where everybody's a reader and a writer, then you kind of know what it should look like. And now we actually have tools that are like, hey, what if we rethink the architecture to make this stuff work kind of how we've now, you know, the centralized players have figured out one major important slice through yeah. like, that the world cares about. Now, I think the, you know, the centralized are good for figuring that out and figuring out what should the UI look like and how should notifications work and when should push notifs go and blah, 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 all of those things. Right? How should follow buttons? That is now figured out. But the thing that they miss is all of the innovation of the thing, you know, the small app, micro app that only serves 100,000 people or something. Like totally. The, they, you know, they never build that one. So I think... We're sort of like we're past the point now where we've learned how to do this. Now we can take those things and decentralize them and allow for a lot more innovation, make it all more open source. But there's probably always some frontier of the stuff that we don't yet know how to decentralize. Always. And you know, to me, I've mentioned before, I think that feels like a lot of AI stuff feels like it's not about to be decentralized all of a sudden. I saw a couple. Although we'll talk about some stuff on that yeah, today. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I saw a couple of projects that look like they tend towards that, but. You know, I think, as I've said before, I think, you know, once you can do, once you can do GPT-3 on your phone, then you really want GPT-7. Totally. Because, like, there's a cloud service that can just do, like, so much more. Um, so, so I think that's kind of going to be the next frontier of centralization while we decentralize the things that we looked at 5, 10, 15 years ago. And, you know, maybe 
five years forward from now, we'll be like, oh, now we actually have really good architectures and know what we want to do with these models and how we want to train them and how weights and, you know, everything should work in a model. And then we're like, okay, now we actually have like both some credible experiments that maybe are starting today. And we, we kind of know how the centralized providers went. And then we can actually say, okay, now we, we don't have the coordination problem, right? We don't have to all debate that like a notifications tab or a follow button actually works because like Twitter, the centralized org figured that out. Like that experiment has been run and we have sort of a productive answer. Right. So I think it's really a, a case of like centralized things to get a good rough first pass at it and then decentralize things to like blow it out and just create all the different diversity you know, flora and fauna. <laughs> exactly. That can I like grow that. out of that. Yeah. I'm with you hundred percent. I think, you know, um, I, I couldn't help but think when you said, you know, it was the age first of the reader, then the reader and the writer, I think in this next age, I mean, I guess one open question is I think obviously creators are going to do very well in this new world. We talked a lot about how maybe yeah. they're, they're the big winners even over tech companies, which is awesome because they're the ones doing the creation. I think this is also going to be the age of the curator, which is going to be very mm-hmm. exciting. And I yep. think now we'll be able to, in a much more decentralized way, get people able to curate and have sats be a part of that as yep. part of the algorithm ranking. Although I do wonder, to your point about AI, and we talked about this ad nauseum with Pavlo and G Sovereignty mm-hmm. as well, but you know, how much of curation like is going to be let's say over the next decade, um, really good human curators versus really good AIs right. versus really good humans and AIs. Yeah. And, and, and I think curation is always kind of a funny, it, it's had a funny place in the world because I think creation of new content, writing a blog post, I think people generally were skeptical that they would ever pay for it, you know, 20, 25 years ago. And now it's fairly normalized that some people will pay for blog posts to be written. Yeah. That's a fairly normalized thing. But the idea of like curation, we don't have any great examples of like where people are willing to pay purely for the act of curation. Well, I mean, one kind of example of that, right, is like a little bit the venture capital world or like oh, some sure. stuff, okay. right? You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, like YC or whatever, anyone that raises a fund and you're essentially, I mean, you, there's more to the job than that. You have to find it. You have to win the deals. There's yep, other yeah. elements, but it's essentially a curation job. Agents, right? You know, sure. whoever they raise money from. But you haven't seen it kind of necessarily done at like a democratized mass scale. Yeah, I, I guess I'm thinking like in media and <laughs> online media is, I guess, more the lens I'm using when I say I, I don't think we've seen really how. So yeah, you know, venture capital is a, a clear case of curation, but um, but doesn't really work online. Like there's no online curation mechanisms. I mean, people have tried, but they've never really worked because yeah. it's such a human business, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, I would also argue maybe some of these knowledge marketplaces are first attempts at that, but they're closed, right? And this was kind of the thesis with Stacker News, right? Like mm-hmm. Hacker News and Reddit are kind of right. curation yep. places um, with their upvotes, but again, they're closed, so they can only get so big. Right. But I do think that you know the thesis for me with Stacker News has always been you, you open that up, and then you also put SaaS yep. as part of that. Okay. Now, like maybe there's a real a real market opportunity for the best curators. Yeah. So maybe Stacker News is the best example we have so far, and like yeah. I'd say, it's promising still early but a promising example of people actually getting paid for curation but like yeah. the last 25 30 years of the web i can't i can't think of any that i'd really point to where curation was you know where like a consumer of a curated experience saw it as valuable enough to pay for 100 percent, and I, and I think that in this next wave of nostra you have you know going from read 
to write, to read and write. And then you also have the micropayments. Those two things together, I think, are necessary for this new wave. Yeah. Though I I also think there's stuff, and we sort of, maybe we'll touch on it already, or maybe we're just (laughs) jumping through the news anyway. (laughs) Whatever. We're we're just totally freestyling this week. (laughs) The whole freestyle. We'll end up covering the news on accident through our freestyle. But I... uh, you know, I think some of the stuff, obviously, the stuff that G was working on exactly, with yeah. Nostrocket is one way that you know, in a, a flavor of curation, let's say. Mm-hmm. And then I think you know he's obviously very deep in the music stuff, and he did a music panel. Yeah. And um, you know, obviously now Pablo is working on this music thing too, and there's a lot of energy around that. I think that you know, ultimately, like uh, a, a music publishing label is kind of like totally. A curation layer, hundred percent, right? that comes bundled with like distribution mm-hmm. and some financing. And so, I wonder if now that we have like these payments that you can do, you know, cheap, frictionless, kind of free to transmit. Um, I wonder if we can create like new places where a curator of music can actually get financial compensation and benefit from the fact that they have good taste and they help something come into the world. I love it. Well, I mean, yes, yes, a thousand percent yes. First of all, I'm so excited to see all the experimentation happening around Nostra and music. Oh, yeah. As both, you know, an artist and a super music fan, it keeps inspiring me as much as I love what I'm doing now, but should I want more time to work on the music? You know, it, it is so awesome to see so much energy there because, yeah. you know, you've obviously got Pablo and his experiments, G and everyone else that came to their panel, which yep. sadly didn't go to, but um, you've got, you know, Jack has talked about with Tidal. Obviously, yep. something's going to be going to happen there. The Wavelink guys, where I'm an investor, they're yep. really deep in Nostra. I, one thing that I was mentioning to you is I hope this all kind of goes into one standard um, that also ideally tags in with the value for value standard with podcasting. Yeah. And again, the more we're on one standard, the bigger everything can get. Um, but absolutely, I think music is unique and special in the world in that it's magic. When you listen to music and yeah. you get, you know, it, it is a special vibration, right? Like it can put you in a whole different mindset. It can make you, like, for example, I use my, you know, uh, playlist on Spotify, although I'm not a huge fan of Spotify, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, as like a diary, right? I can go back and listen to different yep. music in different times, takes me to a different place. So I think people have such a special and unique connection with music that I think this is an area and, and the model is so broken for artists to make money. Right. This is an area where I hope both the artists can do very well and the curators. And if you think about it, we already do pay curators a lot. Like, I mean, yes, labels are a great example. Like for example, someone like Warp Records, which I've been listening to for 25 years or however long they've been around, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, anything, Anytime they put something out, I'm like, okay, it's probably pretty good. They've got good taste or like Stone's Throw or any of these labels that are really good. Um, but DJs, right? People pay a, a shit ton of money to go see DJs. Right. Yep. And like, yeah, they're doing a little bit of effects and mixing. But like, honestly, you could just be like, play. <laughs> and people would still go play because they want to hear really good music. Right. And, so it's the curate, uh, you're saying the DJ is the curator. 100%. Yeah. And yep. people really, res- like a good DJ yeah. is, it is worth the show. Yeah, because you're you're paying for their taste, yep. right? Uh, and you know some showmanship, but mm-hmm. like mostly their taste. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I think that'd be really cool if that can now like you know there can be a hundred thousand x more DJs. Right, right. I I'm actually intrigued. I I have been following along. I, I, did you make it into this Telegram? This music I did. Telegram. It's huge. There's so much happening. Holy oh my shit. god! I know <laughs> exactly. If you're at all excited about this music stuff, you just in like Telegram. chime in. You know, kind of fly on the wall. Yeah. Um. I. I love the energy going there. And then like the, the ideas that are popping around are kind of like expanding my mind around what could be done here. Say more. What, like, what's an idea that's expanding your mind? So I, you know, I think we, we think about a lot of like these clients like, Oh, it's a, you know, Domus is a great Twitter clone on Nostra and like it really well executed, but it feels like it's, you know, skeuomorphic in, in many ways. Right. 
and when I first heard about the stuff that people were thinking about with music, I was like, oh, okay, so they're going to build, I don't know, should Tidal be a Nostra client? Should we build new clients that are Nostra clients that do Tidal-like or Spotify-like things? Like, that all seems very reasonable. Like, I don't know exactly where you get the content in a legit way, but um, but that, but that like, seems like an appealing idea, but it feels, again, like, you know, like, understandable why. But but then the stuff that really started expanding my mind was some of the stuff they're talking about in the Telegram there, where they're they're talking about um, like a given piece of media could be I think and I, I don't know if I got the details right, but you could like sign that piece of media with you know as an artist a creator with like your private key so you know it comes from you, and maybe even embed a lightning address, mm-hmm. and then maybe give it properties like you can listen to this every time you pay this lightning address or you kind of like bundle the media with its own paywall. I think, I don't know, maybe I made that up. Maybe I was like, you know, dreaming this, but, but I thought I saw something like that, that I was like, Oh wow. That's, it's just, then it's like, it doesn't matter which client you're using and you don't have to have like these paid relationships with the clients. Cause we're, you know, if you think about the way, you know, title Spotify, et cetera, work, those are more traditional models. Yeah. Then this has this like new underpinning that lets us think about the musical unit, like the actual binary, object that contains the music can now kind of transmit around these relays and have these you know signatures of authenticity and even have maybe lightning addresses embedded for payment and i don't know wow that's it's just like it's like a new atomic unit for creativity totally well and there's so much cool new stuff you can do that right like uh another thing that kind of um i was thinking about a bit is you know, the geyser guys, one of the new things they're adding with Nostra is badges. So mm. just like on the yep. platform, you know, you can give away badges as this guy was an early supporter or girl was an early supporter or whatever of your yeah. project. And some of them, you know, the ones that have been doing this already are like the artists. So yeah. they're visual artists and they're very cool badges. Like for example, I'm always wearing my dad's shirt. Yeah. Famous Nostra's of, uh, uh, Lightning Land, which is a take on famous monsters of film land. He's really into monster movies and stuff. But anyways, but like for people that have good art, um, you know, those badges mean something and you want to kind of show off to the community, blah, blah. So I could totally imagine a world where imagine, you know, we talked again, we always use the radio example because they did this within rainbows. They just put out the album for pay what you want. Yep. But imagine if they did something where they're like, okay, um, we're going to issue whatever, 10,000 badges or whatever and we're going to just give the track to anyone that has this badge and maybe you pay for it or subscription or something and eventually the track's going to be available to anyone but you get it first yeah or you know the album we drop for free but if you get this you get the b-sides or the demo tapes or like all the stuff that like as a super music nerd you're going to really want right and eventually it will all be free but again maybe you get it first maybe you get you know the badge associated with it there's some kind of like special relationship you have with the artist that unlocks you know special properties all the nft crap that we've heard about like but done in a way that's authentic and real right and and also i mean the prism lightning prisms that that we looked at yeah like because one of the features of a label mm-hmm. is that they help with distribution, curation, taste, distribution, and some financing. Yeah. And with the way like prism payments and that like, you know, a lightning address kind of, you know, that rides along with the media object, you could actually have like a prism payment exactly. so that you get all future forward payments on this thing divided according to the splits. And like if you're an early financial backer of a creator, you actually then get exposure to the future cash flow that that asset 
generates like 100% and, and I super hope that works wow. right because then you know for someone that spends a lot of their time trying to discover new artists imagine like you're saying like the prism allows you the first thousand people to share this right yeah you get uh, you know 20% of all future revenue are split between those you know first thousand people or maybe you put down like yeah. 100 million sets to finance an artist exactly and that gives you some you know future cash flow on whatever it's produced you're buying that. equity in the project yeah yeah. which is amazing. And so I think, I think that's going to be absolutely huge. And then you can imagine, you know, going back to the DJ point, right? Like then people are going to own different kinds of distribution channels, right? Yep. You know, your followers or whatever. And so like back in the day, it used to be like what made or beta break, uh, would break a record is like, well, could you get it with the disc jockey or with the, yeah. uh, with yeah, the yeah. radio station? Well, now if you're, you know, someone that you're, you're known as a tastemaker, you're doing live DJ sets every yeah. week and you, drop a new track on there and it goes viral and people start listening to it and you own 10% of the project. Okay. That yeah. starts being a really interesting business proposition for you too. Right. So you start like aligning incentives around an ecosystem of like yeah. the people who create the people who curate and build audiences around their tastes. And like everybody gets to kind of like set up voluntarily set up whatever works for them, whatever they think is important. And then actually you can track how these things flow through and actually more kind of effectively distribute payments and compensation to the people who are kind of doing the various pieces of work, the creation, the distribution, the marketing, the tastemaking. Who knows? I mean, beyond just music, maybe for podcasts, maybe we'll have to be doing this with Nostra News <laughs> in a couple them, months. <laughs> I told them that actually P2X chimed in. I said that on the telegram. I was like, oh, because it, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of a multimodal, like, you know, Spotify today is both, you know, hardcore a music service, but yeah. then it migrates to become a little bit of a podcast service. And then they also have like video stuff you can upload. And meanwhile, you know, YouTube is like purely a video service, but music is a huge part of YouTube. And then they also just launched this podcast tab. I don't know if you saw that, but like YouTube is kind of becoming a podcast hosting platform, which I guess makes a ton of sense. So the like audio, video, music thing all kind of converges. And so I I said, yeah, I was like, you know, we're going to put, as soon as this thing is ready, we're going to put Nostra News up on, you know, whatever whatever Pablo and the crew figure out. I love it. And, is and it again, Zapster.lol? Is that the... <laughs> he's always good. Yeah, Zapster, right? Like, that's the Napster reference. The Napster of, of the zapping. But, but I mean, you know, and, and it's interesting to me because, like, and I know, you know, I've obviously got investments in different projects in, yeah. in the ecosystem, but, like, you know, Wave Lake, they're starting with music. Uh, and, and what I really like about them is, you know, Sam and, and Michael have really good taste, and so they'll have their own kind of, like, specific taste. Oscar, meanwhile, with Fountain, um, yep. you know, he's only podcast today, but 100% he wants to move into music, and which is great. Like, and again, if they're all in the same standard, that's that's better for everyone. But I don't know if you saw this. Um, I think I think I saw this say Oscar shared it. I think it was the Tales from the Crypt. I think that one of these Bitcoin podcasts they mm. shared that uh, Fountain just eclipsed Spotify as their number two podcast player. Oh. Now, obviously, it's oh, this big, is T- TFTC. Yeah, exactly. That, so it's okay. it's it's um, Marty Bent's podcast, yeah, and yeah. so you know, obviously, it's a very Bitcoin heavy audience. Yep. Well, but that's still a pretty big deal. Like, yeah, so. Yeah say Apple's like roughly 50%, Spotify was second, like 9.8, Fountain just jumped it to 10. So like nice. people are starting to move into this world. They're getting accustomed to the idea yep. of you pay the creator directly. Um, and yeah, I think that's going to like expand. All of these guys are going to add everything and hopefully it'll all be Nostra enabled so it's all on the same standard. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Let's fucking go. <laughs> hmm. So what what have you followed that Telegram or any any other little tidbits that you've gotten from the telegram or what's what's going on there well for whatever reason it was it was hard for me to get in the link i had to like go through a couple of 
like the link on different they're trying sites to keep you out. Yeah, I know. They're I like, <laughs> like, oh, that guy. Exactly. They're like, man, one site for better gets here. <laughs> then it's all over. There goes the neighborhood. You know? <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, there's so much to read. I'm not even fully caught up on it yet. I, I think the thing that just excites me the most is that there's multiple people working from multiple angles. Yeah. So you got the guy that originally kind of had the idea, Pablo, who came in. And by the way, like, does this dude sleep? Like, <laughs> w- what is his deal? Like, he's shipping more than anyone I've ever seen. <laughs> this dude just like shows up. Oh, great idea. And like, everyone's like, well, maybe we'll have a prototype in a week or two. He's like, no, here's the prototype. I built it on my flight. Right. <laughs> while also shipping like this other project. You're like, God damn. I said he's like the Zorro of Noster. He's everywhere. You know, it just like leaves his little fingerprints. And, no. Yeah. Shout out to that guy. That, that is prolific. But anyways, so, so, you know, he's there prototyping, putting stuff out there. Then I was super excited to see Sam from Wave Lake Uh in the group. So I think my biggest takeaway is just, there's a lot of different people and maybe they agree on some things on everything, but the more people can push for the same standard, the better. Um, yeah, I I think that's, that's like, that's where I'm excited. Cool. And I'm just going to pop over because we're talking about. Uh, yep. Zapster, but um, have you seen? Did you look through the Figma that Carnage? You I know did. Carnage, right? Oh, actually, I haven't met Carnage yet. I'd love to. But w- was he there? I didn't. I don't think I met him. No, but I, I've seen a lot of. Like he's also one of these guys, very prolific, open super prolific. Designer. Yeah, he's everywhere. And yeah. it seems like everything, anything design. Like he's kind of well, and that's the thing. He was the one that first kind of came up with this specific idea, and then Pablo built it. I think is that, that right? Yeah, that might be. Yeah. That might be. So here's you know the. I'm just in the Figma right now, so he's got like you know. A really nice professional logo. I mean, this this makes you feel kind of proud to work on open source software when it, it looks like when a designer who has real taste and talent comes in here and makes like designs. You're like, oh, I'd be proud to build that. Totally, like, I want to make that thing look in the world like I just want it to exist because it's going to look good and people are going to appreciate it. Because a lot of times, I mean, you look twenty years ago, yeah, open source software is always like. It feels so cypherpunk. It feels so inaccessible. It's you know? like the fucking command line everywhere. Right, like, right, you know. right. Whereas now, look at this. You got this like beautiful, yeah, it's kind nice. of purple. You know, kind of <laughs> what do you call that? Like some sort of a cloud. Yeah, some effect like going galaxy thing. Um, but you can see here kind of the basics of the thing. So he says, <laughs> you know, it had to come full circle, earn a hundred percent of your music streams. Love it. So here's kind of like Carnage's profile, and it kind of looks like you know traditional social networky follow following. And then he's got like his listen list. I'm going to actually zoom in right here if I can. And you can see, um, you know, 2.1 million sats were zapped here and 1.2 million plays. I like it. So kind of having the zap, you know, payment integrated and visible directly within on the piece of media. So not on like a, a note the way we do in a note in a feed, yeah. but on like a playlist or on a particular piece of music. And then the chat kind of lives here. But again, this is this chat could publish back to your main feed, but it doesn't have to. Right. These could be like all of the notes that you had to say something about the music thing, about zapster.lol or whatever whatever we're calling it at the moment, zapster. <laughs> Isn't it zapster? Yeah. Um, but they don't have to. They could just be consumed here. Maybe you consume here from people you don't know or people who are interested in the same music as you, but who maybe you don't otherwise bump into a lot, you know, on like traditional Noster, let's say, on like main feed Noster. Totally. Um, and by the way, one thing that I, I love that I hope to see there is a lot more culture of remixing, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Because I think what's going to happen is, you know, once you put out the stems or whatever that anyone can play with and it's all on Noster and you build these communities around it, like one of my favorite groups is Boards of Canada, which is this kind of like enigmatic, you know, late nineties, I think they actually got sort of late eighties, but like late nineties kind of trip hop kind of mm-hmm. like ambient kind of hip hop group. 
Um, and they're, they, they only drop albums. I don't think they've dropped one now since 2012 or 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're classics and they kind of go into hiding super reclusive. So because of that, they've got this like cult following and people are like yeah. on Reddit forums, like trying to decrypt all their things. Well, imagine you have all that in one place, you know, their stems are shared there. You've got the, all the community talking yeah. about all their music saying like, wouldn't it be cool if, you know, I don't know, like this message were said in a different language or something, then people are just going to start probably remixing it. Right. The remixers on top of that hopefully can get paid, but also maybe send a kick of the sats back to the original artist as well. Nice. Ah, it's going to be so cool. <laughs> nice. Well, th- this makes me think I, I got back from Nostrica yeah. and I was thinking about all this music stuff mm-hmm. and I was thinking about your rap and oh, I was yeah. like, we should put together like some verse yeah. that kind of references some Nostr- of the stuff we learned at Nostrica, almost like Nostrica rap. Right? Oh, interesting. Have you, have you given that any thought? I haven't yet, but now that you put it I, in my mind, I went to chat GPT with it. <laughs> And asked for it, and I was very underwhelmed by the result. It kind of threw the name Noster in a bunch, but then just had random whatever. It doesn't know the people involved or kind of the topics. So would that mean my job as a rapper is safe for now? For now it is, yeah. You've got at least another six or four weeks. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But I'm thinking when when I go back to – I'm going to go up to the mountains at some time where I have kind of my piano and more of a recording setup. Oh, dude, yeah. So maybe – Lay something down, dude. Maybe we'll lay down some tracks and, you know, we can – yeah, if if you've got something in mind by then, maybe we can collab on – I'll, you know, I'll do some piano, some I can do some other stuff, and you could. I'm into it. You could rap. I, I like to sing too, so you know. all right, got the hook ready too. Yeah, it maybe if I was thinking about you know almost like a uh, could we do a spoof like a almost like a Weird Al spoof. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what song it should be too, but I, I don't know about Weird Al. I mean, maybe, maybe do something a little bit more direct, but okay, I'm, okay, I, I okay. like the idea. Yeah. I like the idea. <laughs> I know you're just like uh, hoeing out for Zap, right? Exactly. <laughs> Nobody likes that nonsense. Zap happy. Zap happy. <laughs> um, so what? So what else? What else? Anything else from these screenshots? Just, you know, props again. No, I mean, I think it's just a great idea. I mean, I guess I would just say again, like, I think um, to your point, having really good designers in this space is as important, if not more important than the actual software developers, especially for something like music, right? Like, if you want something, and, and by the way, I don't know if you, have you seen the Wavelake site? I, I, I played with it a little bit a while back, yeah. So it's not Nostra enabled yet, but they're certainly very aware of it. They're certainly looking at it. And they've made a lot of progress lately. They're getting a lot more bands onboarded. Mm-hmm. And um, what I love about those guys is they just have phenomenal taste. Their designs mm-hmm. are great. The bands they have on there are dope. And so I, I just think that, um, you know, as important as the engineers and software developers are, the more we can do, and I love there's already a Nostra design group, but to get really good designers and good tastemakers, right? Like yeah. we can get good artists, you know, like I imagine if we could get, you know, a band that has a huge indie following on here one day, like a Brian Jonestown mask or yeah. Boards of Canada, like some cult following band, like, but not um, Weird Al. What? <laughs> <laughs> you know, look, if Weird Al came on one to be on Nostra, more power to the guy. But, but I do think early tastemakers matter. And if Nostra can kind of become the place, and this is something that Rabble talked about a lot as well, you know, if when you see a neighborhood go cool, right, as you get, yeah. you know, the hipster crowd in first or whatever they're called now, like people that are at the, the vanguard, right? Yeah. Um, that matters. So I guess what I would just say is anyone listening to this, even if you're not an engineer, especially if you're a designer, but even if you're just a tastemaker, like yeah. getting quote unquote cool cutting edge artists and ideas on Nostra matters yeah. because as people start thinking about, though, this is the place you come to read stuff you wouldn't read elsewhere, listen to music you wouldn't find elsewhere. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's that's how this thing will eventually become, you know, mainstream. Yeah, I agree. It's got to kind of 
bring stuff you can't find elsewhere, be the high signal. Exactly. Be high signal, whatever it is. Whatever it is, whether it's text or music or videos. And that all, and by the way, and this is something I mentioned in my little chat in Austria when we were talking about investing is uh, taste. Taste mm-hmm. matters. And so if you if you have good taste in a particular area and can help get some of that content on Nostra, that is doing a huge service. Yep. Cool. Let's go. Let's go. All right. I'm going to pop over. I know we, we've been sort of out of order a little bit here, but I'm just going to pop over to the stats. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you have anything specific you want to highlight. No, I'm just, I'm curious, you know, if anything, I mean, daily actives, weekly actives looks roughly similar. Yep. Nothing, but I guess total users. What are we at right now for daily um, new? There was this weird daily news spike, which was, I guess, was that two weeks ago? You don't know what that was due to, was it? No, it was is no that big PubKey with bio, huh? Yeah, PubKey with bio. I don't know if somebody was there somebody who came on that would have been notable to drive a lot of adoption. No, was that during Nostrica? Maybe no, not. I think it was two weeks ago, probably. Hmm. So, yeah, right no before. idea. Okay, maybe it was SVB failing. gotta recover but by the way i think it's not an accident that like all these new tools are being built just as the old system is oh yeah yeah like thank god for nostra and bitcoin like Mm -hmm. honestly like i try and say very positive like things look kind of bleak in normie land right now like so thank god we got this stuff going on right right um what are we at total users with bio now this is profiles with bios total users were at about 1.1 1.1 million. Cool. So that's a little over 10% growth from the last time. Mm-hmm. And again, I know we've heard differing opinions on how many of those are real. But. Right. I think profiles with contact lists are at 677,000. So I think that's another like pretty good filter, right? Is if you're following some people. If you're not following anybody, that's kind of a bad sign. So I might Ooh. call that with with contact lists is probably like a pretty high quality, you know, real user number. If that's true, then my million... Uh, number is about to get blown out. <laughs> it's going to be like a lot more than that. But, the, but those are, I think those are all accounts, not necessarily, you know, actively engaged because those are up, up before we saw those. Right. Um, these are profile updates uh, are up around. What are these? These numbers, these are partial days. There's a drop, but we're somewhere in the like 180 to 330,000 range. Per day. Yeah, per That's day. Nice. Yeah. Um, total profile events published seem to be in the five million and change almost six million profile updates cool um and four point four point six million contact lists mm. uh so it, it, it does feel you know it's kind of up and down a bunch of noise let's take a look at the zaps the zaps what's going on with the zaps zaps definitely i'm guessing no streak had a couple of high zap days <laughs> a couple high zap these are zaps zap senders what zaps are definitely up mm, yeah Zap senders, zap receivers seem to be generally... Oh, actually, maybe they're constant. What, what was that blue one where it certainly the looked blue higher? was zaps overall, I guess, which maybe... Hmm. I don't know if that's... There's senders, receivers, events, providers, and then I don't know if zaps is just like the general kind without those other filters on it, maybe. Hmm. Um, total zaps closing in at the top end here on 361,000. Nice. <laughs> um, Daily zap amounts. Oh, it's a bit of an uptick. It's crazy. There's just like these, you know, random events that happen that look, you know, make it strong. So I like that. Yeah. Those are good. Uh, oh, the relays. How, oh, yeah. How, any change in the dominant relays here? Let's see. So, Domus is is 
top and snort is second actually i was hanging out with kieran over there and i was like hey so what are you you know what's what's going on with like the relay world he's like well we're running the second most popular one <laughs> very right. understated yeah, yeah very <laughs> understated yeah um but i am you know, i'm always curious like what's happening like there's, there's there must be like some driving ideas right now that all of the there's like a thing called i forget what it's like the, the relay operators telegram which i've sometimes pop into and out of but i haven't kept up on like what's the pardon what's the scuttlebutt yeah <laughs> well watch it i see what you did there, <laughs> but what's what's the what's the talk now going on in um you know in the the operators and software developer side of that yeah um and, and also i mean i you know I, I didn't get specific numbers but i think it was kieran or someone was telling me that for those guys it's starting to get like non-trivial the amount of money it's costing right. to run servers so i think we're we're kind of just at that point where mm-hmm. very soon like you're not going to be able to do this as a hobby. You're going to have to figure out and doing, you know, a one-time payment's not going to cut it either. Right. Right. But, but even, you know, the monthly subscriptions, ultimately like how long are you going to store the data for? There's <laughs> totally, there's problems to sort out. So did, did you look at any of the stuff by the way, that was, um, you know, some of the decentralized stuff that we traded notes on mm-hmm. had something to do with like connecting to torrents as sort of like file oh, yeah. storage oh yeah are you deep on any of those ideas or you know what's going on there well i mean I was, I was speaking with someone a while back i mean i think we mentioned this with you know someone had sort of tipped me off the idea of you could take a torrent and associate that with a specific content creator and and so this idea was trying to um tie together both what you were talking about the curation for music mm-hmm. and getting a fee for that with the distributions mm-hmm. their idea was that let's say Radiohead publishes in rainbows. They say they sign it and say, this is my, like my copy of the torrent yep. and then other people seed from them. And then they seed to other people, but you, you want to go to theirs cause that's where the SAS are going to flow. Cause they're the shelling point. Yep. Um, and I know we talked about this in a streak of whether or not you need the, the distribution with the curation. Um, but, but that, that's the first place I started thinking about torrent distribution. Hmm. Then I've started seeing, you know, over the last week or so, a lot more people are talking about using torrent sharing, maybe not even as the first line to download a file, but always as an option mm-hmm. in case there are cases of major censorship or whatever. I think that makes sense. Um, but then the idea that really caught my eye, I saw on your Twitter feed first, I don't know if you want to pull this one up, but I'm, this idea was one of the few things I've ever read where it just blew my mind. Which one are we talking here? That like, uh, Give me the setup, the Is little, this? well, no, the little creature. No. What was it? Um, the, uh, ordinals one. Oh, yes. Is it this guy? Yeah. Cocktail Peanut. Man, this is such a cool idea. So so this is this is touches on that, but I don't think I fully digested this. Do you wanna you wanna I don't think I fully digested okay. it yet, but here's my understanding. Okay, so this is changing gears a little bit. This is not necessarily Nostra, although maybe there'll be a tie in, but it was just like whoa. So we've talked a lot about AI being centralizing. Mm-hmm. One of the ways this guy wants to help decentralize AI is not through any kind of corporation, but just basically as soon as there's an interesting model. And maybe a model gets leaked or whatever. But if you want to have a model out in the world, um, you know, instead of having it downloadable from a central repository where there's legal risk and blah, 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 his argument was share it as a torrent. But one way you can make sure it's always downloadable is to inscribe the files as an inscription on a Bitcoin ordinal. So an right. UTXO. Yeah. So, and I think this is like, again, a really great example of a technology comes along, mm-hmm. looks like a toy. Yep. People all oh, yep. stupid NFTs on Bitcoin. <laughs> and then it's like, Oh, wait a second. Maybe this is like right. a way to prevent AI from getting super centralized. And so the way I understood it is you basically would inscribe the torrent files onto a Bitcoin ordinal. Mm-hmm. And so they're there. 
And then you maybe have the magnet file for the torrent. I don't know where that is, like somewhere else in the web, but um, assuming you can get your hands on the magnet, well, maybe you could inscribe that as well. I don't know. But the idea is that now those torrent files live on the Bitcoin blockchain Mm -hmm. and so that you always will be able to access and build this model. Right, right. And I mean, again, I haven't really like thought through all the second order implications of all this, but the idea that any kind of data can now be published on the Bitcoin blockchain in a way that no one can ever take it down. Like this seems for both free speech and just like making sure any kind of research or ideas are out there in the world, like a very big deal. Right. I I like what he says here. He says, when an AI model is leaked to the world, the cat is already out of the bag. doesn't matter what actions you take. People will train on top of those models and keep evolving. Um, So another thing that I thought was interesting about this is step one is, BitTorrent, so publish the AI AI model files to BitTorrent, and then step two is compose and upload a GOAT file, and you know which kind of touches on the ordinal stuff. And I think my understanding from reading this thread is he didn't actually do this because he didn't want to be the guy who launched it. He wanted exactly. to like open it up to have who wants to be the like the Satoshi of this idea. Who so, wants to take the legal risk? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know if that was that was that mostly what he was doing was trying to I just sort know. of find somebody who's willing to take the grenade there well and, and even if he's not it shows the beauty it's like once the idea is in the wild anyone can do it yeah you may ask so can i use it now is it live and the answer is no it has not launched and that's the whole point i am not launching it you are <laughs> clever thanks cocktail peanut it's pretty funny and then there was when i started sharing this around with some friends who follow a lot of the ai stuff they showed me um pedals have you seen pedals i haven't known so pedals is another thing that I think it was just, you know, announced a few days ago. I think I saw some news about it, but it's another approach to like decentralizing, uh, you know, kind of these AI models and, you know, sort of the AI assembly of knowledge and information, um, which, which I'm like, I'm always excited about this stuff. I feel like we're really early to be, you know, we don't even really know how we should do it in centralized way. And so I think we sort of need to figure that out, but Meanwhile, I like the fact that there's a lot of exploration and like knowing that these could become problematic and like decentralizing them a bit. Um, and I'm I'm excited. I mean, there's a lot of capital costs to training these models. Right. You know, you burn through your A100s. You're just like, <laughs> you know, chewing through cash trying to get these things to work. And like, maybe the future is some sort of like a a Bitcoin powered yeah, network yeah. where it's like, okay, you pay everybody a little bit to do their little bit of work in training the model and i don't know exactly how proof of work in that system should work because it's certainly not you know the simplicity of hashing to actually do that kind of computation is much tougher so i think like hashing is probably fine for like actually generating the money but then the actual like figuring out sampling almost like the way mining pools work i wonder if you could create a similar thing for like you know ai training pools well i I definitely think you're going to see like and there's probably some light lightweight protocol built on top of this, probably with Nostra as well, where all the things we talked about, distributed um, compute, storage, and um, bandwidth, like all of those things, there should be marketplaces for I- I'm skeptical that like the long tail of like just some dude with like a CPU at home is ever going right, to contribute yeah. much anything. But I was, I was talking actually, I met a guy at the airport on the way back from Mystery, who was like kind of an older guy who's like a veteran from the sort of like IT world and like yeah. really experienced with data centers. It's great to have people like that and rabble around. I've seen a lot of things to help some of the younger people. And his point was like, yeah, we, we need, 
you know, we need competitors to GCP and, and AWS and um, Azure so that, you know, they don't have to necessarily be quite as good or quite as cheap, but we need, you know, data centers in enough different places. You know, he was more skeptical in the super decentralized version. He was like, well, you just need like a company with enough corporate structures with enough data centers, mm. enough countries that right. it's like censorship resistant enough. And I was like, well, and maybe there's like a middle ground where it's not just everyone with their computer, but kind of like similar to this idea, maybe you have entrepreneurs in Eastern Europe or wherever, and they happen to have access to the um, IT infrastructure and expertise and cheap and enough energy right. in a place to host servers racks. So they are professionals, they are real companies, but they alone could never compete with you know any of the big tech companies. But if there's a simple protocol, maybe you get a hundred or a thousand yep. of these like, you know, semi medium scale entrepreneurs around the world and they can pool the resources yep. to compete against the, you know, the Microsofts or the Googles. Yeah. So I think that's pretty interesting. And I think you could do that not just with, you know, um, bandwidth storage compute, but also potentially with some of this training stuff too. Yeah. And then you've got sort of the bit or the BitTorrent type protocol stuff that could help with, cause I think, I mean, ultimately these are exciting ideas for training AI, but even more foundational, simple thing is like, how do you do file storage? Exactly. Right. File storage or any kind of shared computation. Exactly. And so, and I think what's interesting about this for the decentralized AI point is this idea by itself is cool, but it's certainly not going to solve the problem. Like to your point, okay, so the model's out there. Well, (laughs) I have the model, like, do I have whatever, $10 million or whatever it takes to train it and all the GPUs and blah, 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 probably not. But if the model's out there for, for, you know, live and you've got, you know, sort of more or less decentralized networks of data centers that can do something with the model and potentially the building ability to do funding via Nostra and lighting. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can start pooling resources to compete with some of the big companies to create the, the real open AI, by the way, is just a small point on that. Um, I don't track this nearly as closely as you do, but I saw tomorrow or Friday night hugging face, which I think has some AI models focused on decentralization. Mm-hmm. I don't know too much about them, but apparently they're doing a meetup in SF. There's like 1500 signups. Mm. And the yep. kind of theme was around decentralized AI. So I think there's there's real desire and fervor yep. for that to exist. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, I, I hope so. That's I, Friday, huh? Yeah. I think I, we may be out of town. I'm out of town then. too. Yeah. So otherwise I would go. But. Yeah, I would try to try to make that. Um, all right. What else? Uh, what else? I know we're, we sort of <laughs> haven't kept on any real... Uh... <laughs> well, let's talk about you put on that list. Um, we Yeah, well, here's Zapster. That's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of the prototype from Pablo of, I think it's right now it's just embedded a, um, a Spotify. <laughs> I love the logo. Yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's coming at you. Um, yeah. Did you say there's another one, one of these? Other? Well, if you go back to that one you put up there, like the, I think Naval has his little podcasting network. Oh, right. Yeah. So I, I had heard a little bit about this, that guy Colby who was tweeting some stuff about right. like scaling on Nostr. Mm-hmm. Somehow it looks like he and, he and Naval know each other and, um, I had heard Naval had, had at least a, an in-pub and played with Noster. Um, but apparently he's got this network. What is it called? Uh, get Air Chat. Air Chat. Yeah. Okay. And so you told me it's like a little bit of like kind of like a social network for podcasts such discussion or whatever. Seems interesting. Mm-hmm. And they they had more Noster discussions than I realized. Now, mm-hmm. first thing I'll note is they haven't had one in about two months. So maybe they play with it, don't see the opportunity. Maybe they do. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But he had a pretty interesting one on, um, I forget which one it was. It might have been even an earlier one, but one of his discussions around Noster was basically asking the question of like, "Where is value going to accrue?" Uh-huh. 
And so I, I thought he actually had some pretty good takes on that, which is he was not at all bullish on the clients because he was like, if this thing gets any kind of velocity mm. whatsoever, you know, the guys with – he was basically like all that matters in that world is you want distribution and like lowest cost of distribution and widest reach of distribution. Mm-hmm. He's like, if this stuff starts taking off, Apple and Google basically can take their sweet time, maybe a meta as well or something. And when they do, they can just like build the Nostra client that dominates everything. Um I actually have a take, slightly different take on that, but I'm curious if you heard that one or how you would react to his his take there. Yeah, I don't think I heard that one. Um, I mean, I'm I'm generally I'd say skeptical that that there's as much. I think like in the space of social networking, we generally think about like a social network and how it gets all the users and dominates, and that's mostly because the client is the only access point to the data. Exactly. Exactly. And Noster's exactly breaking that open and so it's not to say there can't be big clients i think you know i think domus is a very big client it's very well built and i think they're just like the pace of execution is just really far ahead of like maybe the second best in that world there's you know there's plenty of plenty of opportunity but just like so far we've seen that but i don't know that you can like capture tremendous outsized value at just the client layer because there's going to be so much competition and everything's, you know, open source and forkable, et cetera. So, um, I'm, I'm like less convinced that there's, that there's like, you know, the Google or even, you know, meta Facebook, uh, you know, Twitter, I'm just like not really convinced they're going to come in and try to dominate by building the best client Mm. because, like kind of for what reason it doesn't really support their business it really disrupts their model now i think there's other reasons they could come in like like maybe if you're if you're twitter and you see that like the thing as is is not the right way and you kind of realize that there's a better way to do these things and noster has a lot of those features maybe you come in and either make twitter a client of noster or build a a Noster focused version of Twitter or, you know, some sort of adaptation layer. And then you realize that actually the business is in building a great relay or the business is in building, you know, thousands of relays that can all serve and monetize. But those are like vastly different businesses than serving ads or selling check marks or whatever their business is these days. Well, so it's interesting. I, I think maybe sort of his point was if you thought about the first web as kind of the first big data lake or ocean, Usually, like we've talked about browsers, right? Like the browsers yeah. themselves were valuable, but they were valuable because they get basically to the search service. Yeah. And there's basically two browsers that matter, like Chrome and Safari. And right. that's because of their distribution. And so I think his point was like, well, basically, maybe I don't know if he meant Chrome and Safari themselves or just Google and, and Apple because they own the the phones and the operating systems, they will right. ship whatever. Yeah. They'll either integrate it in the browser or if it's a totally new form factor, they'll just build that and bundle it in there and then direct people to the search services or whatever they end up building. Which I, I I do kind of buy, and I yeah. think I think they will eventually at some point. They'll be forced to if this becomes the new internet. But I do think what's different this time around. What I hope happens is the range of experiences is like there's mm-hmm. such a long tail that there's not like even Domus like is less than one percent, even if it's the big one, right? Because there's just like well, yeah, I mean like every little community like you're just using a different app or you're pulling in the different micro app for different things. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, okay. So yes, Apple and, and Google as mobile operating system providers have a very strategic position for sure. So hundred percent agree on that. And so if like, you know, Google wanted to build the best Nostra client and just distribute it to everybody, they could certainly do that. And then that's a nice strategic position to like figure out how to build the best relay, maybe the best search engine across Nostra. Maybe it integrates with existing web search. So like yeah. there's a lot of things that they could do if they said, 
this is existential threat for the company. I don't think they're thinking that today. Not today. So it'd have to get like a lot further along. By the time it gets a lot further along, though, like what else has the ecosystem figured out? Like how should a good relay operator work? How should inter-relay extra Nostra protocol stuff work? Like there's there's just a lot of those types of problems that you can't just come in with like a big fist and pound the table and be like, we're doing it my way because it's kind of <laughs> like, eh, it's not... It's still to be evolved. Well, so you know what I think would be really interesting is, uh, yes, I generally agree with you, although I do think their distribution points on mobile is so important that they probably yeah. they probably can force a lot of things on people just from distribution. Oh, sure. Yeah. However, what I think would be really interesting is we either need to figure out some really novel breakthroughs that get so much adoption first that it kind of leaves them in the dust, do things that they can or won't do because it disrupts their business model. Maybe it just doesn't feed into search. Or what I'm increasingly thinking of more and more is like, I think somehow out of Noster, the new app store has to come. Like someone has, I don't know if it's going to be a new phone that's open source hardware, Noster focus. My real dream for this 10 years out is there's like a new Apple or yeah, someone that yeah. gives us open source hardware. Yeah. It's yeah. extremely, oh, I love it. Like extremely yes. widely adopted. There's an open source app store. Yes. I, I think if we really want this thing to flourish on a multi-decade timeline, we yeah. need that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that touches on the point that I wanted to go to with the kind of Google Apple thing, which is I think to answer that question, you can't reduce it to just like Apple is strong in this world. So they win in this new world or right. Google is strong in this world. I think the most important question you have to answer is what is the OS? Yeah. And I think we don't know what the OS is yet. That's the big question. This is exactly the thing that Google did to Microsoft. Mm. Microsoft said, we own the OS. Every app that launches, if it's, if it, if you build Corel word, perfect, we're going to build Microsoft Word, and everybody's going to use it. So by owning the OS, they felt like this impenetrable moat. And then when the whole playing ground shifted to the Internet, and the web browser is kind of like the web is the OS, and the web browser is the access point to the OS, and whether you're running, you know, whatever, Vista or Linux or Mac OS or whatever you want, it doesn't really matter. As long as you have a web browser, you can access right. Google Docs. It kind of like shifted the playing field in a way that Microsoft – you know, arguably could have arguably could have built the best search engine, could have built the best web browser, could have owned the whole thing, but, but like didn't. <laughs> the whole thing happened in a way that wasn't really they couldn't just lay it up because the thing that they thought was important, which is like the OS that runs on the piece of hardware sitting on your desk, that no longer mattered. Mm-hmm. And I think we're kind of in a similar type of thing where like the difference between iOS and Android used to be stark. Right. Right. Now they're fairly like pretty similar phones. There's different features and stuff, but they're kind of like like the world's kind of figured out roughly. You know, better cameras, better. You know, it, it's yellow. That's the big like <laughs> Apple billboard ever. Right. <laughs> and, and so I'd, I'd say like my question is, what is the OS? And right now, I think we're talking about Google and Apple with some of the same mistakes that Microsoft made in the '90s. Totally. And so, what is the OS like with the concept of like? Like, could Domus be an OS? It's a great question. I, I think it's credible to think that Domus could be an OS in that maybe, like, the micro apps are the actual apps yeah. on Domus the OS. If if that's the case and people build to, like, the Domus standard or the things that Domus chooses to do, like, that's a pretty – I think there's a pretty compelling kind of OS-like argument to be made. There. I'm not claiming that's what it should be. That's what Will wants. I'm not making any claims. I'm just saying – I'm not convinced that the th- the thing that runs directly on top of the hardware of your mobile phone is the right thing to think deeply about here. Yeah. And I think like what is the OS is the question and I don't know is Noster itself the OS? 
is some like maybe the few and people talk about super apps, but I actually don't find I mean the super app idea I feel is also somewhat similarly backward looking in a sense like here's an idea for you. Yeah. You know, I, I think so we had that conversation with Christopher David. Obviously he's thinking of the super app, but right. he also made the plans like there's gonna be all these different micro apps. And I think he made right. a very good observation, which is look, grandma's not gonna figure out how to deal with five hundred micro apps. Just not gonna like right. she needs some way to pull them together and say what to do. Yeah. Maybe the OS though, um, I wonder it could be, you know, it could be Domus and somehow he allows you to plug in various apps. It could be the super app, but I agree those are kind of backwards looking. What if the next big wave is gonna be a combination of AI voice? chat plus this and so all of this, the micro apps are api endpoints and the os is just the assistant you talk to and you can choose siri you can choose whatever google comes up with or you have the open source version that's a plug-in to nostrum yeah i mean I, so i guess like is it instead of touch and visual it's it's voice. An, audio and voice like i think there's a compelling argument to be made for that being like like, like your common, personal assistant a common input output mechanism but i still think it's fairly low bandwidth compared to visual so i <laughs> I feel like a you know a voice assistant will always be useful and probably augments us in better ways you know than we've seen yet as you know LLMs you know make their way into the world. Um, but I don't I don't know that I'm super convinced. I think like some maybe it's glasses or something, AR, right? Yeah. Like I'd find that kind of thing. I mean, I used to use. I don't know if you know that Steve Steve Lee was the product lead on Google Glass. What I didn't I knew it was on Maps, but he, he did. Yeah. A, after that. Um, so, you know, the kind of the it's very hilarious. earliest product that they ever launched was, uh, yeah, he was in charge of. And so, um, you know, we used to play with these things all the time. You know, I, I must have like, you know, I don't know, half a dozen. Do you still have some? Can we play oh, yeah, yeah. I've got them around somewhere. <laughs> I don't know if they still charge batteries. But um, but the, this is like a really compelling form factor that is not at all dependent on the phone. Yeah, right? I like that. But it has a visual, so you can scan it very easily. It's like you can high density of information when it's visual like that. And so I think the, um, I, I think something in that kind of visual interactivity is still going to be at the core of our computing. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to, you know, until we're at like Neuralink level where we're just like, you know, think about it, yeah. thinking about it. Uh, I think voice and audio is useful, but maybe it's not the primary. Not the primary. And so I think the primary you know, is still kind of either phone or, AR, you know, glass-like thing. Um, but in there, I don't really know, like, I, I don't feel like the difference between Android and iOS are super meaningful compared to, like, what container contains all our micro apps. Yeah. And to me, whatever contains all the micro apps, That's whatever helps question. us switch between, like, Grandma's fine having iOS where she can open the Photos app when she wants to do Photos, and she can open the Calendar app when she wants to do Calendar, and she can open the you know, the I, I message when she wants to message. Do, that, do, you, do you think it's just as simple then as a new app store? Maybe it's gra- graphing type thing. Like it's just, maybe it's open source hardware phone an open app store where anyone can upload their micro apps. I mean, stuff like that feels, you know, feels like it could, I mean, well, there's a lot of leaps you need to take to mm-hmm. get to all of that. Like the open, open device thing. Obviously it's going to be like very expensive. And- yeah. And and there there've been there've been attempts at stuff like this, and I I think it's I think it's worth I, I like I would not rule that direction out as impossible or not a productive path. It's not it's not let's let's put it this way. I wouldn't say it's an obvious dead end. I think yeah. we're at a point now when like the OS is our commodity enough among each other, and could you find 
you know, a hundred thousand or a million people who all care enough about feature X that you can get an open source that you can't get in these other ones. And then can you get all the like, you know, the radio stuff to work well enough and well, well, you know, I mean, one company, one of my companies that's working on this is Umbral, right? Mm-hmm. And so they've kind of got this thesis that, mm-hmm. you know, if you look at the computing paradigms, right, like it was, okay, you have, um, you know, the personal computer from like the big mainframe yeah. and then obviously the mobile. And their argument is that the server can also be a personal server. It doesn't need to be like the big mainframe in the right. cloud. And so I, I'm not saying this is necessarily going to be the one, but, but but that is kind of their paradigm is that they have the open app store yeah. and they're starting to you know plug more and more into Nostra as well. But maybe it's something like that. Mm-hmm. Like they're kind of a directly attacking um, Apple and, and Google head on by saying, no, you should both have open apps for your clients, but also for your server. Right. So who's going to build like the actual hardware that's going to enable this though? I Would mean, they ever get into that? Because they're mostly software, right? They tell you how to build your hardware, and they well, they they were shipping hardware already, and then they had uh, supply chain issues. But like, oh, okay, s- stay tuned. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, so, again, that, that's a very big boulder to roll. But like, right. I, I think we need people like that. I think they have pretty big ambitions. Yeah. Well, because what I was going to say too is, you know, there's a lot of you know the, when we think about FIDO keys and and hardware signing devices, and when these kinds of things become more natural or easier for people to think about as like important to use, you know, kind of for normie tech type people, maybe like maybe these devices start to encapsulate some of those things and they, it feels more like, Oh, I'll just get the one that already has that instead of carry, you know, all of these different things. I can kind of have like one thing that maybe it NFCs to it or. Totally. The, the other thing that's really interesting to me, we talked about them on our last Nostra news. One of those uh, projects in the bold.fun hackathon right now, was the the Japanese name Otsundai oh, or whatever? Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. And I, I met another guy randomly. It's like a three D metaverse thing, right? Three D metaverse, yeah. but like various coordinates are mapped to yeah. Nostra notes, right? And I, I met a guy who was not them, but who's also working on a very similar idea. So it seems like this is coming coming up in the zeitgeist. I just met him like one of the cafes in uh-huh. Vita. And that to me was really cool. Again, I've never been like a big metaverse guy. I kind of also think AR is a lot more interesting than metaverse, but who knows? I mean, some people are really into it. Maybe I wouldn't, I think the most shocking, coolest outcome would be like maybe the metaverse is the new internet and it's all based on Nostra. It's mm-hmm. all mapped from Nostra coordinates. And, you know, who knows? Who knows? Maybe that's what really takes off. And it's something like Minecraft first. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've always thought that the internet is a pretty good metaverse. And exactly. so Nostra is <laughs> just like a new publishing format, like a totally new way to publish and use the internet. The internet. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of find that compelling. I think. You know, the 3D nature is a little bit of a red herring in some sense. Like, it, it's cool. You can do stuff with it, but it doesn't necessarily need to be, you know, step one. The internet is the metaverse. Take that to the bank. Cool. There it is. What um, else we got on here? What else? I'm going to just pop through. Let's yeah. see. Oh, this. Did you see this site, nosterbounties.com? Yeah, I did. So, th- this is interesting. I think we've talked about bounties a lot. There's bountsr dot com uh, from NVK. There's the um, this uh, Stacker News bounties. This one, um, actually, I don't know. I guess it's made by Diego. Do you know who Diego is? I don't know that I've met Diego. Which Diego is? It? Well, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, but what I was going to say is interesting about it is it. It's I think one of the first examples. I think maybe Fiat Jav had pointed people towards it, um, but it's one of the first examples of kind of more participatory. Like I can go on here and cool. add yeah, yeah. sats. I love that. And this touches on like the new. Like, could you do a Wikipedia type? 
idea. Are the stats like you just, you send those into a black hole no matter what, or is it somehow like you send them if some condition is met? So my understanding is somebody makes this, so like this is posted by this person named Intuitive Guy. and <laughs> Good name. And then he says, I would like an implementation to the boost repost button. And he then has written some, he's added some sets. Cool. And then I could come in here and add a note about why you're adding this reward. So I can, like we've talked about this before, like crowdfunding in a sense, right? Some of the geyser vision, but could you do it on Noster? And could you, like, could I show up and say, I will also add some little spec or thing that I'd like to do. And I'm going to add the sats to it. I don't know the details of how he, this is implemented. Well, I mean, and G sovereignty's thing is a little bit like that yep. too. In that case, he doesn't actually have you send the sats, but he has you like sign a message to prove they're there. So right. I'm curious. About the input, but yeah, I like yeah. that. And so this is like an example of like a more, like it's not, I think it's the idea is that it's less, it's more Wikipedia like than say Instagram, right? Instagram, mm-hmm. I'm the author, I'm the creator, I own the thing, you know, the hub where we're looking at it. And I think the goal here, if I understood right, is a little more to make these pages the piece of content and then a bunch of people collaborate on the page. But I think the page has less of a concept of an owner, though I guess this one is posted by Intuitive Guys, so I'm not sure if that's Hmm. entirely what's going on here. But I think I saw it in reference to that. And this was the article, um, How to Build a Decentralized Wikipedia, um, writing this on Abla after Fiat Jeff shared a link to his article on Abla, which led me to Noster Bounties. And and what's cool there is you're reading it on a read app, right? This is read.noster.com, yeah. That's awesome. So it's like published on Abla, being read on a read-only app. Yep. It's a pretty cool meta thing. (laughs) Um, So, okay, what else? We got uh, Vitor Pamplona, so the creator of Amethyst, is doing... He, he published this thing, Weekend Project for Android Devs. I thought mm-hmm. it was kind of cool. He's just like, I'll give a million sats to three <laughs> PRs. Significantly increase the rendering and navigation performance of Amethyst. I can't wait, by the way. Without cutting features. Until in a couple of years or like 10 years from now, people are like looking at this like Bitcoin pizza day. It's like, right. I can't believe that guy gave $10 million for <laughs> this know, little right. weekend project. <laughs> really, he gave two houses on the coast. Of, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Santa Barbara. Nice. Um, so I, I think that's cool. It's just like it's not even super structured, but it's just it just shows the energy for this kind of collaboration and people's desire and willingness to pay and probably get paid. And I, I, you know, I don't know. I guess a million sats. You know, probably for depending on the co- the amount of work required, this might actually be like a really great trade for somebody. You know, with yeah. the, if they're already playing around with this stuff. Um. Oh, the Nost Tropical Hackathon winners. Did yeah. you did you follow this stuff? You know the o- only a little bit. I mean, I, I I didn't see. I was a little confused in this because the uh, Bolt Fund Hackathon is still going, so I wasn't right. sure like how all this worked. I saw that there was some kind of torrent project that they yep. said won, but I, I didn't get to go much deeper than that. Yeah, so I think the the one that won was sort of a you know a, a decentralized file system, touching on some of the themes we talked about back in the AI stuff. So yeah, something I don't know the specifics, but I think it was. Um, uh, it was a a torrent, you know, file serving kind of decentralized file serving thing. One, one just small meta note there. This is sponsored by Nostat Social, which is Ravel's project. Yep, yep. And it's cool because like, he had made the point when he was kicking all this off. He said, you know, I, I think you heard some of the podcasts with G Sovereignty, but apparently, yep. you know, Odeo is a podcasting app. Yeah, right. and he got beaten by Apple, and they're like, "What do we do now? Let's just do a bunch of hackathons." Right. And that's where Twitter came out of. And so right. he's saying, maybe maybe the next Twitter will come out of this hackathon. Right. Right. Yep. Yep, and that this was in Uvita, mm-hmm. and it was organized by Hard Yaka, which is the that venture firm that you introduced me to, right? They're investors in his project. I oh, think. they're investors in Nostat Social. That's or okay. whatever his original. Or, okay, was. the yeah. planetary one or whatever. Okay, mm-hmm. and then 
what is Universal Names? That was the other one that was the one of the sponsors. I or pulled that up and I, I didn't get to. Yeah, I didn't fully enter. You know, didn't go deep enough to fully understand everything. But I'm assuming it's some kind of easy way for a Universal Name system. Oh, okay, cool. But I don't think it used the Bitcoin blockchain, so I, I didn't fully oh, cool. rock what they were doing. Yeah, that's one. Actually, that touches on one. I might skip ahead if there's. Yeah, go ahead and skip um, ahead. Uh, oh, there's Nostra.torrent. Nostra.torrent. Yeah, this is actually a GitHub page worth. Um, looking through, which I think, is this the one that won? I forget how I popped this one up. It probably is, yeah. Um, the one I was going to look at was this, I thought was cool. Yes. So DID on Noster. So DID, if I understand right, it's been, you know, a decade of research originally at Microsoft, maybe now at Square slash Block. And it, it, it felt like the kind of thing that if the ideas are good ideas, they should kind of attached to a place where people are gathering instead of live kind of siloed. And I've, I've kind of been poking around the internet trying to figure <laughs> out my way. I think I told you about a Discord I joined and didn't really find uh, my way. But then I saw this. And I was like, oh, good. Like, looks like the DID work now is, you know, at least making a little bit of a, like, there's more statement of what it is here. I can I can start to understand. Like, so I understand now that uh, they've got, um, uh, it's like a URI you know, URL, URI that uh, points to a identity document and you can pull that identity document down. And Where are the di- identity documents stored? Uh, I think they can be stored, hmm, I, th- I don't think there's a... Anywhere. Uh, probably anywhere. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they're stored. It's a JSON object. Um, I, it, I would love to learn about this. It would be awesome, by the way, because, yeah, I, like, I, I haven't gone through this yet and I also have very limited understanding of DID. Mm-hmm. I also am encouraged that they're exploring, hey, how do we use this to solve some of the problems like reeking and Nostra? Like, great. Right. I would love to get someone from Block or whoever's working on the DID just to like answer these questions and also brainstorm how how can we get these communities working together? Because yeah. my, my intuition, and I think Mike um, Brock, you know, he posts mm-hmm. on Nostra a lot about how this can help solve some of the reeking issues. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I would love to better understand, like, is this the solution? Right. For me, getting pwned on Nostra, so let's, <laughs> let's move forward. <laughs> right. Also, if I understand right, like I think the NIP five stuff is mm-hmm. nice, but maybe a little bit of a stopgap until we have. Yeah, it's temporary. I'd if imagine. if DIDs can provide some sort of a more, I don't know if, if it's a goal of the project, but to have a universal namespace that's kind of tracking, you know, tracked or sort of reserved on the Bitcoin blockchain. Well, and again, I don't know how it does this. And that's why I didn't really get the universal namespace, the other project that well, but to me, it just makes by far the most intuitive sense to use Bitcoin blockchain somehow. Yeah. And my understanding is DID uses taproot signatures to kind of roll up a bunch of things in one transaction. Yeah. But in the long run, if we're going to have a universal namespace, kind of like what we're seeing now with the torrents and the inscribing, like it just makes too much sense that like the universal state machine, or I guess it's not really the same machine yet, but the universal record of, yeah. of the universal ledger is where we put that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agreed. So I'm, I'm excited that at least I saw there seems to be some movement toward thinking about this in a more, at least on GitHub. Now I can read about it and um, I, you know, browse, but I, I wouldn't consider myself an expert. <laughs> Me neither. I mean, I would love to learn more and yeah. I mean, someone from block, you know, would want to come on and talk about that. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Um, okay, next up we've got Primal. I think actually this before we talk about Primal, uh, first there were, this was just a Primal link uh, shared where uh, JB55. Oh, go ahead. Well, it was just kind of similar to what you were showing earlier. Just like I'm loving seeing like the alternatives to corporations here. Yeah, yeah. It's just so, just like you know with the the Amethyst guy. Mm-hmm. Here's JB55 saying, "Hey, <laughs> I need better design. I'm just going to pay yeah. sats." Yep, super cool. So it's great, you know, great lightweight way to to do that. 
Um, sorry, I got a little bit ahead of it because what I wanted to look at too on Primal is this. Yeah, this is nice. So we, we met, uh, is it Milligen? Milligen, yeah. Uh, we met Milligen at Nostriga, which was cool. Uh, we got to you know kind of finally meet him. Like we've talked about his project before, but had never really interacted with him. Yeah, so it's a great, great project, super fast. And then one of the things I really like, and I've, I've been an advocate of more of this kind of stuff, is like experimentation around things that kind of simplify the user experience, make it feel comfortable, even if they don't, like, like Nostra itself is decentralized. So like we can have other things that aren't fully decentralized if they can help make the products and user experiences better. Like I'm a fan of lots and lots of that, not one, not one person's decision, Everyone's. everybody trying all kinds of different things. And so this is a great example of that. So the, the explore page on primal.net is I think one of my favorite sort of you know, aggregation layers where you can see like 426,000 users, 11 million pub keys, 361,000 zaps, 82 BTC zapped, which probably includes some of the wash zapping. So still peace, but yeah, that's still, I wonder how he's getting that 426,000 user count. My my guess is, yeah, I don't know the specifics, but my guess is either he's pulling it. I know Noster.band in Arthur's work is some of the stuff that a lot of people, you know, Will had mentioned it on stage at Nostrica. And I um, I think from my conversation with him, he's doing it independently because I know he and Arthur are exchanging notes, but I don't think they're, I don't think he's using. Okay. So maybe he has a a similar to kind of the the filtering and trust rank and kind of identity stuff that, um, that Arthur's doing. Maybe uh, Milchan is doing kind of a similar type of thing, but with a different, uh, probably different algorithm, so maybe come up with a slightly different result. Yeah. But I, love, I mean, you see the total number of public notes, 33.8 million public notes. Let's go. 7.7 million reposts, 11.5 million reactions. I and love watching it all tick see, up. I know, right? Time. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can actually see trending users. This is so useful. Like yeah, if you're a new useful. user and you can just like pop in here and see, oh, here's some of the people I might want to follow. Umbral, baby. Let's go. There it is, yeah. yeah. And then I can launch off from there and see who they follow and it, this just can go on forever, you know, but, but it's not the only place to do it. It's just one of thousands of places where it could be done. It just reduces friction for someone totally new just to get started. Yeah. And who knows, maybe that increases the you know number of people that actually play with this thing by 50%. Yeah. And, and get connected to meaningful content. So they want to keep coming back because they're having a good experience. So getting connected to the right stuff. You yeah. Know? I think Milgen's doing a nice job with this. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. And he, he kind of, it was fun because I think we met him and he said he's all done it in the last just few months, right? Sort totally. From scratch. He's, you know, well, has I, a, as everyone has, right? Like, yeah, yeah. But I think he has a, a history, uh, he was telling us, as a kind of an enterprise software entrepreneur. Yeah. And sort of he's, you know, now decided he's kind of <laughs> going all in here. And I think he's already got a team of, you know, maybe half a dozen people. And they're just like shipping like, you know, super polished products now. These these feel like the kinds of products that, you know, you'd, you'd expect to see yeah. And the web at this state of the world, right? It's not like, oh, NPM, app get. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's like a we, We've called. graduated from the command line. <laughs> right. So, That's good. Um, okay. So, uh, and we'll pop over here. Uh, this was the Stacker News thing. Oh, I liked how the Stacker News thread on Primal was talking about the best things about the client. So seeing trending, seeing zap, seeing popular and latest mm-hmm. uh, follows for accounts you follows. The tribe is accounts you follow plus your followers. Yeah. So a lot of people are playing with that idea. It's also something that Nos.Social was playing with. Yeah, Did you see too. how they're... Because I, I talked to... Oh, shoot. Sorry, we didn't have the, the video up for that part. We were just showing our faces. Oh. <laughs> um, but some of the stuff that uh, that uh, I think the Nos.Social stuff was doing... I got a, a brief demo at Nostrica, and um, they were showing how they kind of 
only show the expansion of like people that you know and trust. And so it's a little bit of a more curated view based on like, it's more limited. It's not these like global feeds, open ocean. It's the people that you know and follow and trust and maybe mutuals or something. And then you can see other content sometimes if you have it in a certain mode and then you can choose to view it if you want, but it's a much more like, I'd almost call it like a friendly, you know, more, you know, you know what to expect instead of just, oh, I'm swimming in the ocean and whoa, I got bit by a shark. (laughs) You know what I can't help but think of when I see that primal page and think about NOS.social as well. I'm going to bring it up now because I didn't have it showing before. So it's a beautiful site. It is a beautiful site and very well done. You can see the trending users, the stats and all that. But it reminds me a little bit like, and actually I think it's better designed, but like of Yahoo stage. Like all of this kind of idea of like you don't have access to like the whole wide right. or you may be able to access the whole wide thing, but it's taking in same with Nos.social, very opinionated view. Yep. It's not perfect, it's not everything, but it's good enough to get you started. Yep. Kind of like in the Yahoo days yep. of like, yeah, you're not gonna search the whole web, but like, okay, I want to see sports and news yep. and finance and like that that just kind of feels like that stage yeah, right here. Agreed. It's nice that somebody curates it for us so that we can kind of get an easy starting point this way. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I like using the open, fully decentralized stuff too. Like that's, that I, I get how that works, but when I introduce somebody new to it, I like to be able to show them, hey, there's friendly experiences here. We can, you know, much easier to get around just like closer to what you might expect. Agreed. And you can graduate to the, you know, full <laughs> self-sovereignty version over time. Yeah, poco a poco. Uh, poco a poco. Um, you were talking about this one. Oh, I, I just thought the, this was really cool just to see like, again, like different people having different experiences on there. Like, Hey, if I'm coming from Germany, like maybe I only want to see German or Brazil. I only want to see Portuguese. I think that's really nice to be able to easily filter for users from your country and yep. probably very useful, you know, for, for countries where English is not. Do, do people identify their languages or the clients are going to do language identification as part of it? I, I'm not sure. I would assume the okay. client, but yeah, cool. And, uh, and then I think our last tab which one was this? No idea. Remember what we were? I don't know what it was. Dice. But shout out to Nostra.band um, yes. because we forgot to mention the top. We it was really cool to finally meet Artur. Oh my god, that well. was so fun. We didn't even get to talk about that. We had a great jam with him. We had like Kevin. a three hour dinner. Yeah. which it's just so. That's what's so great about it. we have you know no real nothing we have to do. It's like everybody's going out to party. We're like, hey, let's just. Let's just have a little dinner and we'll do our thing. And three and a half hours later, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) We talk, you know, with Kevin about his his running career and Arthur about like what it's like in Turkey and Russia and migrating all over. It's like such crazy. Well, we talked about highlights. That dinner with Kevin and Arthur was also. Oh yeah, absolutely. By the way, shout out to Kevin as well. That guy didn't realize you know is apparently a cross country track star. I was talking about like running in Alaska, seeing bears. Oh yeah. All something I love about Noster, Bitcoin too, but certainly Noster is everyone's just interesting. Like no one's just like, oh, I have like a normal like nine to five life. It's like, no, I'm running with bears in Alaska. Like, right. right. Fuck. Or in Arthur's case, like now I've like traveled all over the world, with my family and had to live in all these yeah. radically different worlds or yeah. Pablo is doing the world schooling. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone here is extremely interesting. Which Everybody's I interesting. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And uh, speaking of interesting, I noticed we have a, we have dinner, a dinner date tonight. Yeah. <laughs> with with a fellow, yeah, a fellow yeah, co-investor. With, uh, yeah. Another, another friend of ours. Uh, and we're going to be late for it. So we should get going. So I think we should get going. Yeah. Okay. That's a good enough reason as any to call it the end of the pod for this week. So. Pura vida. Pura Hasta vida. pronto, guys. <laughs> See, you See you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>